In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. My dear faithful, one of the main things that distinguishes us as Catholics is our belief in the Holy Eucharist, the reality of the Holy Eucharist. We all know as Catholics that the Eucharist is the greatest of the seven sacraments that have been given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the supreme means by which we as Catholics pay homage to our God. Protestants go to services. New Age spiritualists go to seances. Buddhists go to yoga. Pentecostals go to revivals. But Catholics go to Mass, which is the Eucharistic sacrifice. Mass is the way we pay homage to God. In the Mass, we express God's supreme dominion over us. This is done by an act which is a sacrifice. Sacrifice is the highest possible act of religion. And so any religion that does not possess sacrifice, that does not do sacrifice, is deficient as a religion because it's not using the highest way which man has to show his submission to God. In the Mass, we offer a sacrifice to God alone. It is a sacrifice that pays Him infinite homage, and so it satisfies in the absolute best way possible the duties that we owe to our God from whom we came and to whom one day we will return. So, in order to appreciate this Mass that's been given to us, this supreme act of worship, I think it will be helpful for us today to consider what makes the Holy Eucharist different from the other seven sacraments. And the first thing that we have to understand is that the Mass itself may be called a sacrament. It is a sacrament which is a sacrifice. And by that fact, the Mass works in a way that is similar to the way that all the other sacraments work. You all know the definition of a sacrament from your catechism. This is the one definition that we definitely remember from our catechism lessons. A sacrament is an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace. Every sacrament is a sign that does something. It's a sign that causes something. It causes grace. So sacraments are special signs. Most signs, they just indicate something. They just point to something else, but they don't do anything. The sacraments, however, are special signs in that they have causal power. When you have the sign present, something happens. That's the way sacraments work. When you make that signification, grace is caused. So that's true of every sacrament, but the way in which the sacrament of the Mass works is different in two respects from the other sacraments by the design of God. So that God could give us this special way of worshiping Him in the Mass, He designed the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist different 
in two respects from all of the other sacraments. The first difference concerns the matter and the form of the Eucharist, which work differently from the matter and the form of all the other sacraments. In the other sacraments, the sacrament only happens at one moment. It only happens, the other sacraments only happen when the matter is being applied to somebody, when the matter is being used. So, for instance, in baptism, you've got the matter of water. And that baptismal water only gives grace. And the sacrament of baptism is only happening at the time the water is being poured on the child. And the sacrament is not happening before that point, and the sacrament is not happening after that point. It's only at the moment that the water hits the forehead of the child that the grace is being communicated, that that, that signification is taking place, the signification of washing, and the child's soul is elevated to the supernatural level at that moment. It only exists at one moment. But this is not the case with the Holy Eucharist. The Holy Eucharist is the only sacrament that happens over an extended period of time. It's not a sacrament of one moment, but it's a sacrament that endures over an extended space of time. The sacrament of the Eucharist happens as long as Christ is present. And as we know, Christ is present in the Eucharist over long periods of time, as long as the outward manifestation of bread and wine are present, as long as those external species are present, Christ is also present. So the matter of the Eucharist becomes Christ and remains Christ before the Eucharist is used, before we take the Blessed Eucharist and we offer it to God, or we receive the Eucharist in Holy Communion, even before that, the sacrament is present. But with the other sacraments, the sacrament is only present at the moment that it's being used. And because of that, it's necessary for the form of the sacrament of the Eucharist to be different from the form of the other sacraments. In the form, form is just the words, okay? The form is just the words that you use when you're performing a sacrament. That's what's meant by the form. So in the other sacraments, the form of the sacrament indicates some action, some sort of activity, some use. So when you communicate the sacrament of baptism, you say, I baptize you. You indicate something that's happening, some use of the sacrament. Whereas in the Eucharist, when the priest pronounces the form, he does not indicate any use. He just says, this is my body. Baptism, I baptize you. Confession, I absolve you. Ordination, I give you this power. But the Eucharist, this is my body. No reference to the use of the sacrament. That's the first difference between the Eucharist and the other sacraments. The sacrament concerns, the second difference concerns what the sacraments do. What sort of effect do they produce? 
as I mentioned, in the definition of the sacrament, we know that they are signs that cause something. They make something happen. But what happens in the Eucharist is different from what happens in the other sacraments. In the other sacraments, what happens is that some effect coming from Christ is imparted to souls. And this is the effect of grace. Grace comes from the cross of Christ. And when you have the sacrament present, the sacrament of baptism, the sacrament of confession, the sacrament of extreme unction, all those sacraments, grace and effect of Christ is communicated to the soul. But it's different with the Eucharist. In the Eucharist, it's not some effect of Christ, namely some particular grace that is communicated, but it is the very author of grace that is made present. It's not some effect flowing from Christ, but it is Christ himself that is made present in the Blessed Eucharist. And this is what makes the Eucharist the greatest sacrament. Our Lord Jesus Christ is not present in baptism, in confession, in extreme unction, in marriage, in holy orders. It's not his actual presence. It's some effect coming from him that is communicated. But in the Eucharist, it is actually him who is there in the sacrament. So that makes the Eucharist the greatest of the sacrament because it's not an effect of grace, but it's the very author of grace who is present. And because of this as well, because of the second difference to what, what happens in the sacrament, the signification of the sacrament, the sign that is used has to be different. In the other sacraments... Um, the priest uses words of personal action. I baptize. Or he uses words of command. Um, receive this power. Or he uses words of prayers. Through this anointing which I do to you, may you be delivered from your sins. In the case of extreme unction. So, in these other sacraments, it is... Words that indicate some sort of activity that the priest is doing. But in the Eucharist, since it's not um, an activity that's taking place, but it's rather making present our Lord Himself, the priest does not refer to any activity in the form. He just uses the words of Christ. He says, This is my body, this is my blood. And in that sense, the priest is more identified with Christ in the, in, in the confection of the Eucharist than he is in the other sacraments. In the other sacraments, the priest must uh, represent some activity of Christ. He's imitating an activity of Christ in the other sacraments. But in the Eucharist, he, he represents Christ himself. In the Mass, the priest is Christ sacramentally. And that's why he speaks as if the Eucharist is his own body. This is my body. This is my blood. He's not talking about some personal activity, but it's his very person itself that is Christ in the sacrament. Not some activity of Christ, but Christ himself. That's the difference between the, the form of the Eucharist and the other sacraments because of what is signified in that sacrament. So, 
These differences between the sacrament of the Eucharist and the other sacraments are what makes it possible for the Mass to be a sacrifice. It was what makes it possible for us to have this reality as Catholics that God has given us. God has designed this sacrament with its special modalities, its special differences from the other sacraments in order to give us our Lord Jesus Christ himself and enable us to do with him the things that uh, make for supreme homage given to God. Because the Eucharist is not a sacrament of one moment, but it is a sacrament that endures because it's not the question of communicating an effect of Christ, but because it's Christ himself. This opens up for us all these possibilities to offer homage to God that is infinitely pleasing. The fact that our Lord himself is present on our altar makes three most wonderful things possible for us. First of all, we are able to worship God present on our altar. Secondly, we are able to offer God to God as a most perfect offering. We are able to make an infinite offering to Him. And thirdly, we are able to receive God Himself into our hearts. And this is the wonder of our Catholic Mass. This is the heart of our religion. This Mass that we have is the act that sets us apart from all other religions and makes of our religion the one and only religion that is able to offer up an oblation that is right and pleasing and just to God Almighty. Through this sacrament of the Eucharist, God has given us the power to worship Him in a way that is infinitely pleasing. And this is part of His benevolence as a good father. A good father does not just tell his children to do things, but he gives them the power to do those things. God asks that we pay him homage, but he gives us as well. He just doesn't ask that of us, but he gives us an infinite power to pay him homage. He gives us a power that's way beyond our capabilities of paying him homage by becoming present himself. On our altar. It is an incredible power that, that is, is very mysterious. Think, when you think of the power of the priest to command God, to ask God to come down from heaven and be present on our altar, and God has bound himself to obey the word of the priest. That when the priest calls, God has bound himself to obey. This is an incredible power. He gives us the power to call him down on the altar. He gives us the power of offering him to himself in an infinite act of homage. He gives us the power of re receiving him bodily into ourselves. Though of himself, he is a pure spirit. He takes flesh and gives us the power to receive him. And it's so important for us as Catholics to be conscious of what we have in this Mass. You know that the main problem that we have with the new Mass is that it hides the sacrificial nature of the Mass. It's purposely attenuating, it's purposely hiding this fact that we are offering an infinite sacrifice to God. 
It's like we're embarrassed of being different from the other religions. We're embarrassed of the fact that we have an infinite homage to God and the other religions don't have that. So in order to please the other religions, we hide that in the new mass. We hide the fact that we've got an infinite sacrifice. We hide the fact that we're doing a sacrifice and the other religions are not doing a sacrifice. So that is the main problem when in fact we know that, that the whole purpose of the Mass is to provide this infinite homage. So the last thing we want to do is hide the fact that we have this capability of paying infinite homage to God. When we come to Mass, we must want to fulfill what God has given us the power to do. We must want to use the power that we have as Catholics to pay this infinite homage to God. We must have a knowledge of what takes place at Mass, and we must want to accomplish what takes place at Mass. In his encyclical on the liturgy, Pius XII indicates to us the very best way that we are to do that. He says the very best thing that you can do at Mass is to put on the mentality of our Lord Jesus Christ. What you want to do at Mass, the best way for you to assist at Mass, is try to have the exact same mindset that our Lord Himself had when He was offering Himself on Calvary. If you can think about the dispositions of His human soul when He was hanging on the cross and offering Himself to the Father, and reproduce those same dispositions in your own soul, that is the very best way that you can assist at Mass. Here's what he tells us in his encyclical. Quote, All the faithful should be aware that to participate in the Eucharistic sacrifice is their chief duty and supreme dignity, and that not in an inert and negligent fashion, giving way to distractions and daydreaming, but with such earnestness and concentration that they may be united as closely as possible with the high priest. In the quotation from Pope Pius XII, we must seek to imitate the dispositions of the human soul of our Lord Jesus Christ at Mass. We have to think about his great desire to sacrifice himself. We have to think of the infinite respect that the human soul of our Lord has for God. It's burning fire of desire to make up for the offenses committed against God. It's intense love of the human race. It's ambition to save as many human beings as possible from eternal damnation. And you have to realize that by your baptism you are given a character on your soul that gives you the power to come to Mass and actually, really, unite yourself with what's taking place at Mass. Whereas those who are not baptized do not have this power to unite themselves with what's happening at Mass. You are able to unite with the priest at Mass in his offering of our Lord. You are able to unite with our Lord himself who, as you know, is the supreme priest who is acting in the Mass. We have the same priest, we have the same victim at our Mass today that was present at Calvary. But even there, it's not enough for you to unite yourself with the priest and with our Lord at Mass. You must do something more. 
because of the fact that our Lord was not just a priest at Mass. He was not just um, someone who was making an offering, but he was making an offering of himself. He was also a victim. In the Old Testament, the priests were not also victims. The priests were, were offering uh, lambs and goats and so on. They, they, they were priests, one who offers something to God, but they were not victims. The victim was on the altar and it wasn't them. But at Calvary, our Lord is both priest and victim. And because of that, you must want to imitate that disposition as well. You must not just offer our Lord to the Father, you must offer yourself to the Heavenly Father at Mass if you are to adopt those same dispositions as our Lord Jesus Christ. You must offer your life, your possessions, all that you are, that you are all that you have to God. And only then will you be able to say that you united yourself completely with our Lord at Mass. The Mass itself wants to indicate to you that you are supposed to do this when the priest puts that drop of water in the wine. That drop of water signifies you. And you know the next thing the priest does, he goes over to the middle of the altar and he offers that wine mixed with the drop of water, he offers that to God in preparation for the consecration. When you take one drop of liquid and you mix it with, with another drop of liquid, they're, they're no longer distinguishable. You can't tell the difference. You can no longer separate them. Once that drop of water is in there, you can't separate it anymore. And that's what's supposed to happen with your own offering at Mass, that you are to identify yourself with our Lord. And let's face it, this is something that we should want to do with all of our heart and soul. We know that our Lord came on this earth and that He gave His whole life for me. He gave His whole life for you. He left this earth and He is still giving His life for you. He is still offering himself to the Father. He's still giving himself to you as your supernatural food. And at Mass, you are supposed to return his love with your own love. You are supposed to, to match his offering with your own offering at the Mass. And this is especially what I wanted to encourage you to do on the solemnity of Corpus Christi. Do come to Mass. Do understand what you are about as a Catholic. Do understand what God has given you in this sacrament, which is a sacrifice. Seek to imitate as best you can the, the dis dispositions of our Lord, the disposition of Him being a priest, wanting to offer something to God, the disposition of Him being a victim, wanting to sacrifice Himself for uh, the sake of, of humankind, for the act of reparation, and, and for our own souls. And let us not fail to, to go to Our Lady to, to teach us how to do this. What better teacher could we have about how to assist at Mass than she who was present at the foot of the cross on that day? She who is an expert in the exercise of love. Because really that's what we're talking about. That's what's going to drive our perfect assistance at Mass is this great love for, our, for God and for our Lord. So 
Our, our Lady knows our Lord more than anyone else because she is His mother. Our Lady loves our Lord more than anyone else because she is His mother. There's no heart that's closer to the Sacred Heart than the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady. So let us beg her to place those same dispositions in our hearts and in our minds, those same dispositions that she has, those same dispositions that he has, so that we can unite with her and with him in this great sacrifice of Calvary, which is renewed on our altars. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.